Listeners of this podcast probably know about the people, programs, and processes the Pennsylvania DOC has in place geared toward preparing incarcerated people for successful reentry. But they may not know that the DOC has a staffer specifically devoted to working with employers in the community to educate and break down barriers related to finding reentrance suitable jobs. I'm Ryan Tarkowski, and on today's edition of the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole podcast, we'll visit with Workforce Development Specialist Dorinda Hammerland. If you own a business or are responsible for hiring in today's tight job market, you'll want to hang around and learn how the DOC can connect you with a trained, educated workforce and some of the government programs available to help second-chance employers. We've spoken on this program in the past with folks like Tom McKinney with the Vehicle Restoration Plant at SEI Forest about specialized career and technical training available to men and women in DOC custody. And we chatted with parole manager Penny Signs about how her parole agents help recently incarcerated people overcome barriers to reentry. But employment always seems to come up at the top of that list. So can you tell us why is finding a job so important for a reentrance? Absolutely. Um, it, it goes to everyone's basic needs. Um if you don't have a job, then how are you able to support a family? How are you able to find housing, transportation, food, all of that um, without employment and without money? And unfortunately, our population, if they don't have employment and they aren't able to provide for those basic needs, then they might go back to criminogenic activities and they'll just land right back. In, which is recidivism. Um, so employment is very important. It's not just important to them, but it's also important to us as a community because, you know, 90% of our population is going to be released. And if somebody is going to be released from prison in my community, do I want them to just sit at home and do nothing and think about ways to get money because they can't get employment? Well, my house might be a nice way to go and get something. No, I don't want that. I want them to get employment because I want them to be on that path for success and to not recidivate and come back to prison. We talk about that all the time. It seems to come up that these folks, these men and women are going to be our neighbors, right? So we would rather have a gainfully employed, healthy, stable neighbor than mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't have those things. Yep. Today's, uh, you know, I, I always use this quote and I think it was the name of our one of my first podcasts that I did here with DOC. Um, today's inmate is tomorrow's neighbor. And that quote is not mine. I'm not trademarking it or anything. I actually heard that from some leadership in uh, the Department of Corrections in California, uh, where I used to work. And that's so true. And you don't know, I mean, these days, there's so many people that have a criminal background that you don't even know about. It could be your neighbor. It can be the person you're, you know, sitting next to at at a restaurant, at the grocery store, who knows? Everybody's done something wrong. And um, it was interesting. I was at a conference recently in Florida and they asked everybody, they said, how many of you have ever received a parking or a speeding ticket? Raise your hand. And of course, almost everybody raises their hand. They said, great, you have a criminal record. And that kind of puts it into perspective. When you think of criminal records, you think of the big ones, you know, murder and, you know, drugs and things like that. You know, criminal background can be anything. It's anything that you were arrested for and convicted of. And it, it can be big or little. It, and, and honestly, it can happen to anybody at any time. Uh, you can go on the court's website and put in my name and find a speeding ticket on the turnpike in, uh, I think, 
I was going to see my mom. I think I got stopped in uh, Fayette County on the way, or, or you know, one of those counties. And I, yeah, speeding on the turnpike, and uh, right, right there, it's going to follow me for the rest of my life. Exactly. See, now imagine having to go to every single job interview and explaining that speeding ticket. Now it might be a little bit easier. It might not be as hard, you know, but that is what our reentrants face every time they go and apply for a job and employment is they have to tell the worst thing they've ever done in their life that they were caught for and imagine that imagine the worst thing you've ever done in your life whether you were caught or not and having to explain that in every single job interview you've ever had and that is what's based on whether or not you get employment or not Talking with Dorinda Hammerlin, Workforce Development Specialist with the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections Office of Reentry. Now, as Workforce Development Specialist, you supplement that work that's being done directly with the population, both inside and outside our facilities. And your main job is to do kind of that outreach on the front end uh, with the employers. So you work directly with the employers. Why is that so important? So it's actually important for a couple reasons. One is inside our prisons, we try to get inmates job ready prior to release. Um, and the best way to do that is to know what employers are looking for on the outside. So if we don't know what employers are looking for, we can't train the inmates and get them job ready prior to release. So that's a big thing that I do is talking to employers. I share with what we do inside the prisons, whether it's our vocational program, our correctional industries, our inmate employment, um, letting them know what we do to make sure that that is what employers are looking for. Um, if it's not, we can make that change inside DOC. Great example I always use, we'll use welding as an example. American Welding Society is our certification because our vocational programs do offer all nationally accredited certifications. So if somebody goes through welding, they're getting an AWS, American Welding Society certification. If I'm talking to welding employers and they tell me, we don't use AWS anymore, we use Acme Welding. Okay, that's great to know. Let me take that back to leadership. We need to make that change inside our prisons. So what we are teaching the inmates and certifying them and is relevant to getting employment upon release. Um, so that's a big thing that I do. The other thing talking to employers is letting them know what we do inside and letting them know that inmates aren't just sitting in their cells all day, twiddling their thumbs, playing games, ganging, you know. Um, lifting weights. Uh, lifting weights, exactly. It's not like, Shawshank Redemption and Orange is the New Black and things like that. They're actually getting education. They're getting high school diplomas, GEDs. They're getting those that vocational training. Um, they're getting reentry services. They're getting that inmate employment experience. So as an employer, I share that with employers. So that way I show them the benefits of hiring this population and how they are skilled workers when they get out. I can give them somebody that has a nationally accredited certification and, and hands-on work experience. They just have a criminal background. So you mentioned some of the uh, depictions of prison life in popular media, and that's really the only uh, exposure a lot of people have to what goes on behind the facility walls. Um, you know, they might think uh, prisoners just make license plates. And that's, you know, it probably was never the case, but it's certainly not the case in 2023. When you are in front of employers, what are the DOC programs that you're most proud of or excited to talk about? Uh, we do make license plates. <laughs> we do in our correctional industries. Um, we have a number, like I said, we have 28 different vocational programs in 18 correctional industries. Some of our most noteworthy vocational programs, I've mentioned welding. We have a wide variety of construction. 
um, which is a huge industry, especially in Pennsylvania. We do masonry, we do construction, we do carpentry, plumbing, HVAC, electrician, electricity. We have all of that. We have automotive technicians. That's a big one, too, in our vocational programs. We have culinary. Um, I've talked recently with the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association, who they do the hospitality. And it's not just culinary, it's hospitality. So with them, I'm able to say, yeah, we have our culinary program, but guess what? We also have laundry correctional industries, laundry that can help in the hospitality when you think of like large um, uh, resorts and hotels. But they have some restrictions, uh, correctional industries selling to outside folks, right? Like uh, they can only be uh, nonprofits and government agencies at this point. Correct, but when I talk to employers, what I explain to them is that we have the inmates that have the experience working in that laundry, and some of them are getting certifications. Um, with the Association of Linda Management, I believe, ALM is the certification that they get through laundry. So that is fantastic that, you know, they don't have to necessarily go through our vocational programs to get that certification. Uh, warehousing, oh my goodness, huge, especially in Pennsylvania. We have, a commiss we have commissaries um, in a few of our prisons that are huge distribution centers. They fill the commissary orders for our prisons. So if Amazon, Walmart, any of those big distribution facilities are looking for employees, reach out to me. We have inmates that are currently working filling orders and doing that distribution right now. Executive producer Kurt Bope and I, we toured one of these uh, CI commissary shops a couple uh, months ago. And it's amazing. It's, it looks just like a uh, warehouse operation that you would see on the street, right? They're, they're using computers. They're using uh, scanning equipment. They're using forklifts. They're using all the tools of the trade that you're going to see up and down the uh, I-81 corridor. Absolutely. The Lehigh Valley I-81 right there. Exactly. And if any employers are interested in touring, you know, specific facilities, reach out to me and let me know. Um, don't take my word for it. And that's one of the big things. Pre-COVID, we were able to do that with some employers. We took them up to one of our prisons where the commissary was, and they were amazed. Their eyes just got so big and they said, well, I didn't expect this. Um so if there is a certain industry that you as an employer are interested in, we can share that with you. We're not opposed to, we're very transparent. We would love to share with you our curriculum, share with you the certifications, the competencies, get eyes on. You know, we have a farm up in, in um, Center County, up at SCI Rockview. I had no idea until last year that we have a farm. That's amazing. Um, so just programs like that, our forestry program, we have amazing programs. And, and, and all these skilled trade programs, right? They're, they're very in demand right now. The, we were talking earlier about the uh, unemployment rate. <laughs> a lot of these folks are having trouble filling these jobs. And even in, in you know, the, the general media that we work with every day, the, uh, over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. it's been, you know, uh, employers are struggling to fill positions. Nobody wants to work anymore. But our folks are there. They're coming out. They're ready to work. They want to work, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the the national unemployment rate, as of November, those are the last statistics that were published, was 3.7%. And here in Pennsylvania, we're at 4.0%, which actually is really great. We're narrowing that gap. That gap. Um, a few months ago, we were at about 45 4.6%. So we're, people are getting back to work, which is great. Um, our DOC 
reentrant unemployment rate is 33%, which means out of those that are able to work, 33% of them currently are not working. Now, I say that number and you might say, wow, that's a lot, but that is a huge increase since COVID, or decrease, I should say. Um, since COVID, we were at 40 and 41% two years ago in January, January 21. Um, so the fact that we're at 33%, which is a 67% employment rate is fantastic for us. Can we do better? Absolutely. Would we like to do better? 100%. You know, and the only way to do that is for employers to give them a chance. We spoke a little bit about the skills that our folks are coming out with and why it might be beneficial for employers to give them the chance just to fill those jobs that they need to, to fill on a daily basis. But there's other reasons why employers might want to give a reentrant a chance at, at a stable job, right? What are What's some of the uh, selling points on the other end of things? So sometimes employers, you know, when I talk to employers, I try to gauge what their intent and purpose is for reaching out. Some of them say, look, we have this business need. We need employment. We don't care what's behind it. Just get us bodies. And then I have some employers that are the whole with them, you know, what's in it for me type thing. So I'll share the with them. What's in it for you? Um, and there's benefits. There's fiscal benefits, financial benefits to employers. One is called WOTC, W-O-T-C. It's the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. And that's a tax credit that's available to employers for hiring certain populations and reentrance. Somebody previously incarcerated falls under one of those categories. Um, the other thing that employers are eligible for for hiring this population is federal bonding. Uh, the, it's good for the first six months of employment. It's up to $5,000 in, instant. Um, there's no deductible, no premium. It is about a five minute phone call with this fabulous gentleman named Greg Shirk over at um, Labor and Industry. And it just takes a couple of minutes and he'll send it right over to you. And it covers up to $5,000 of theft damage. If you really are worried about hiring this population, try it. There's this, this uh, safety net, if you would, if you're worried, why not? Why not? Um, now, some employers come back and they do say, well, we're worried about our other employees. We're worried about the um, interpretation or the, you know, what it looks like, the, us being a second chance employer. Um, and yes, that happens. I, I don't want to minimize that. But at the same time, think about your workplace right now. Do you know everybody's history that's working around you right now? I don't. I'm sitting in a room right now with two gentlemen that I know, but I don't know what the work history is other than you got a speeding ticket on the way to visit your mom, you know? I don't know. You don't know my history. I could have a criminal background. You don't know. You know, that's not something that you walk around and you ask, hey, have you been arrested? Have you been arrested? So I just ask employers to just give our population a chance because the biggest thing that we hear from second chance employers right now is they are some of the most dedicated, hardworking employers, employees that they have ever seen. And they do not regret hiring them. And they usually stay with them. Retention is huge because once an employer has given a reentrant a chance, that reentrant doesn't want to leave and have to go do um, interviewing all over again with another employee, employer. So they tend to stay. And so retention is really high, which is great for the employer. They usually go up the ranks you know, they'll stay with them and they'll 
move on up throughout the company. So, I mean, it's a win-win all around. It's a win for the employer. You're filling a need. It's a win for the community because you're helping to reduce recidivism. It's a win for that reentrant because you're helping them stay on the straight and narrow and provide for those basic needs. We're talking with Dorinda Hammerlin. She's the Workforce Development Specialist with our Pennsylvania Department of Corrections Office of Reentry. Honestly, when I when I was talking to you earlier and, and knowing your job, I thought maybe you were a salesperson to try to push uh, reentrants and, and get them employment. But talking about the benefits that are available for employers and then you helping them set up with and getting taking advantage of all the programs and all the money that's out there for them, you kind of work both ways, right? You're you're filling the need for the employers out there in the community and uh, working to prevent recidivism here in the DOC. And that's exactly what I do. And and sometimes I feel like a salesperson, hire us, hire us. So what I like to do is when I do presentations on the benefits to employers of hiring, you know, re-entrants, I usually try to bring along um, an employer with me to sell the employer side of it. Because like you said, I feel like a salesperson. Hire, you know, yeah, I work for DOC, hire our re-entrant population. But who do employers really want to talk to? They want to hear what other employers, you know, um, have experiences have been. So I try to do that when I do presentations. I am always open if anybody ever wants a virtual, in-person, hybrid webinar, conversation, presentation with your employees, with your community partners, whatever it is, I will happily do that and share with you all of the benefits. And I do cover the whole state of Pennsylvania. So wherever you are in Pennsylvania, I can make it work and um, and provide those benefits. Plenty of great resources on our website, the workforce development page at cor.pa.gov. Your name, your contact information, uh, email, phone number, that's all on the website there. And we recently posted a, a webinar that you did, a virtual webinar with Second Chance Agriculture employers. Um, we talked about posting it and are there enough agriculture employers that are going to go get there. But the information in there, it's probably beneficial not just for the agriculture industry, but in general, uh, a good overview on hiring reentrance, correct? Correct. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I've had one for sure, maybe two people employers have reached out to me based on that specific webinar um, that was posted because we didn't specify that it was ag related, which was a really good idea. Um, and we we just posted it as the benefits. And I've had, like I said, one, maybe two, but one for sure that said, hey, I saw your presentation. I want to learn more. Um, and honestly, since COVID, I have not had to make any cold calls or cold emails to employers. Employers reach out to me on a daily basis. Just they find my information on the website. Um, like you said, cor.pa.gov. It's under community reentry. Um, and then I have a workforce development page. There are resources there. There's information on that work opportunity tax credit, federal bonding. There's inform there's other webinars and presentations I've done, some with our partner employers, so you can see their take on their experience. Um, Absolutely, go in, and if anybody is interested in reaching out to me and learning more, please email me. My contact information is on there. If you're looking to get more involved in your community, um, there are reentry coalitions in the majority of the counties throughout Pennsylvania. So reentry coalition, that might be for something, maybe they aren't in a position to hire 
a reentrant, but that's something else they can do, right? Absolutely. So as an employer, they can go and be a part of the reentry coalition and connect with other community providers in the community there that are working with reentrants. And not just DOC reentrants, we're talking county and federal, you know, reentrants. Some DOC does not do work release, but a lot of the county jails do. So some employers are looking for work release. So if you, that's something you're looking for, I know that York County does that. Um, and I can make that connection. And those reentry coalitions are so wonderful that are able to really bring together the resources in that county. And the other great thing about maybe right now you're not able as an employer to be a second chance employer, but then you're able to talk to other employers that currently are second chance employers and kind of pick their brains a little bit. And maybe you'll get to yes. You might be on no or maybe right now, but I think getting involved in those reentry coalitions and talking to the people that are currently involved and being a second chance employer is a great way to get to yes. DOC Office of Reentry, a great resource for anybody looking to hire a second chance employee reentrant at any level. Um, contact information on the website. Please don't hesitate to reach out. You, you have your hands in so many different things. What's what's like your a, a great day for you? What what's your favorite thing to do? Is it when an employer calls you, has a talks to you about a, a specific person that they hired that they want to give a pat on the back? Is when you can be in front of a group and and a group of employers and talk about all the benefits. What's your what's your favorite thing? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, one of my favorite things to do is actually talking with the inmates and letting them know. And those are ones that are currently incarcerated. And I go to our reentry service offices inside the prisons, and I share with them that there are employers that are willing to hire them. A lot of our inmates just hear from other people, oh nobody, or they assume that nobody's going to hire them. And when I go in there and tell them no. I have employers that are looking for jobs. Employers tell me if they have a pulse and show up, they'll hire them. And to go and actually be able to tell the inmates, do you have a pulse? And I actually make them check. <laughs> I make them feel their finger or their neck. I say, do you have a pulse? Yeah. Are you willing to show up for work? Yes. I go, then guess what? You have a job whenever you get out. And at First, they're kind of hesitant, but then I start sharing experiences and my conversations with employers. Um, and it really gets them excited to know that there are opportunities when they're out. And that I think is one of my, that's the get out of bed thing, is giving them that little bit of hope prior to them getting out because they have this negative, you know, assumption that they're not going to get employment. And they just assume that. And I go in there and I'm giving them this ray of hope that no. And I can only do that if employers reach out to me and tell me they're willing to hire. So without the employers, I can't do that. And that's what I enjoy doing the most. Thanks again to Dorinda Hammerlin with the DOC Office of Reentry. You can learn more about the work she does and find contact information at cor.pa.gov. This has been the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole Podcast. I'm Ryan Tarkowski. On behalf of executive producer Kurt Bope, thank you for listening. Until next time.